Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Michael O'Brien. He's a meditation teacher, an executive coach, an endurance athlete, and the creator of the amazing app called Pause, Breathe, and Reflect. And boy, is it a fun one. And I've been using it now for quite a few weeks, and I absolutely love it because Michael's meditations help for those folks who just aren't really into meditation and he makes them funny. He makes it really easy to incorporate because they're a couple minutes long. And today we're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be talking a little bit of why he's doing this. He is really big into rippling kindness, rippling something worth rippling. We're going to talk about what that means. And really his mission started after he survived a horrific and near-death cycling accident. And Interestingly enough, my husband had a similar incident, and so I'm connected to Michael in that way, of course, but the way he's come back from it is impressive, and the mission he's on right now is quite cool. So if you're looking for an app that suits you and you're not quite into meditation, you've dabbled in it, you need something to pause and breathe and reflect with a little bit, and you haven't quite got there, I really want you to listen to this podcast. So let's introduce you to Michael O'Brien. Hey, Health Junkies. I have Michael O'Brien on today for the Health Fix podcast. And oh my goodness, we are going to be talking about my favorite things, breathing, getting outside, and just really reclaiming your life and, and just being able to stress less. So Michael, welcome to the Health Fix podcast. Thank you. I'm I'm totally stoked to talk about all that and probably... <laughs> a lot more, but who doesn't love to breathe, right? I mean, we all love to breathe, but I think, you know, if we don't, it gets a little tricky. Um, I've, <laughs> I've tried to hold my breath and do some of the, the breath hold training and it gets interesting, but we don't realize how much that taking a pause really does for our, our health. Because man, I'll tell you, I was, I am type A. I am one of those people that I'm like, go, go, go. If I just, just five more minutes, I'm going to finish it just five more minutes. And I'm like dying. I'm falling asleep. You know, all the things are happening. And I still wasn't, I'm much more productive now doing a lot less. So obviously you have some experience in, in this department. Tell us what brought you to this. Was it the accident or was it you were already learning about these things beforehand? Well, it's a little bit of both. So I've been an athlete really my whole life. So I grew up in upstate New York. So, you know, my dream was to become a professional bowler. Not too many people have said that on your podcast. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I've, um, I also was like big baseball, but I, I did all the sports. And so back then I, I knew the importance of taking a breath, you know, Michael, take a breath before you shoot, whatever it is. That's mm -hmm. the advice I'd get from my coaches and my dad. So I knew sort of intellectually that the breath had a way of slowing things down. But as a kid, you don't really totally get it. You're just like, someone's saying like, take a breath. It really was that accident, but probably more, more the recovery from the accident. When I knew I had to get my mind right, I had to get my mind healthy, if you will, if I was going to heal my body. So 
as I got older, I realized, hey, there's a whole mind-body connection, right? They're not two separate things. It's like one big ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I, to your point, like, I like to get stuff done. And I wasn't healing as fast as I thought I should be. Mm-hmm. I was competitive even in my healing. And I was like, all right, well, how, how do I how do I speed this along? I could get... I. Cause I did want to, I, I wanted to leave the hospital. I just wanted to feel normal. I wanted to be able to go to the bathroom by myself and take a shower by myself. Two things I couldn't do in the early phases of my recovery and really lost all my dignity. So I thought, okay, if I just come to my breath, slow it down, I can quiet the mind and maybe be more intentional about my rehab. And then that can get me out of the hospital. So the first start was like, what can I do to move things along faster? And then I came to realize like, hey, when you slow down, you get to go a little bit faster. And that was really cool. It's so crazy to to fathom that. It, it really is. How long did it take you to really like solidify like, oh, yeah, there is something to this. This isn't just my my thought or my idea or something someone kind of planted in my head. Yeah, because the idea at first, like, I couldn't believe I was about to do this. <laughs> this was 2001. So this is before the internet and before TED and TED.com and <laughs> people telling you how you should be living, right? Right. On the internet, right? Through memes and image posts and stuff like that. So I knew enough about mindfulness where I thought, well, this is like, this is a hippie thing. This is like, you know, woo woo, right? So I'm like, don't tell me when you're doing this because this doesn't fit your brand, right? And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I actually picked up pretty early on. It was about a week in when I realized there were there was something here, right? There was like, oh, this seems to be working. Now, that was just an indicator, like continue with it. The actual benefits of like really sinking into a, what I would call a routine mindfulness practice that took a few months, but after about a week, I was like, huh, there's something here. I, I feel calmer. I feel less overwhelmed by the totality of my recovery. I'm going to stick with it. And I really started with like bite-sized bits. You know, my mom used to tell me, Michael, smaller bites, you know, I tried (laughs) to shove all the food in my face all the one time, (laughs) smaller bites. And so, that advice has stayed with me really through time to take small steps that you can do consistently over time. And that's how you build a healthy habit. That makes sense. It makes sense. Just, just like eating. Now, I think we could probably add that one for a lot of us. Cause you know, I, I grew up as an only child, but I have some friends that grew up in families of 11 kids and they said they had to eat fast because whoever got the plate done first got seconds. <laughs> Did you grow up with multiple I, brothers and sisters? <laughs> I just had a sister and we didn't really have much of an eating contest, but <laughs> I would say my, my pace to eating was I had to finish everything on my on my plate in order to have dessert. Ah, Which, you know, as an adult, I still I still have this tendency to want to finish everything on my plate. So I've become a little bit wiser just to put less on my plate because I know I'm going to finish everything. But it was a let's wolf everything down because there's dessert waiting for you. And <laughs> I wanted I wanted dessert. I wanted a couple of desserts actually. So that was. 
that's why I decided to eat so fast. Probably not much of a conscious decision. It was more about survival and feasting on the sweets. It's funny how we can convince ourselves of these things, which which leads us into really how how you connected your breath, your brain living, you know, mindfully. So I have a question for you. Did you have a brain injury with your accident? I had a severe concussion, but not what someone would call a traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky. I, I think my doctors don't really understand why I didn't have one, because if you look at the accident photos and you look at photos of me in the ICU, like I had glass on the right side of my face because I went into his windshield after getting hit riding my bike. So glass from my ear to my nose. So that whole right side of the face was all cut up, had significant bruising around my forehead. Mm. Uh, And the, of course the helmet just shattered. So, Mm. The fact that I didn't have a more significant CBI is quite, you know, it's a, it's a miracle, but I did have a pretty significant concussion. Oh man. And that's one of the things that I do find, you know, with bike incidents, same happened with my husband in terms of him being hit by a truck in his case, not as severe of injuries as yours, but definitely we do think that there was a good concussion that possibly, you know, wasn't diagnosed fully as a a brain injury, but it, but what I found is that after something like this, and and for those of you guys who are listening, it doesn't have to be that you had an accident, but it's, there's this point in time where you just get life overwhelms and, and it becomes that point where you're like, okay, I got to change. And I would love for you to kind of talk about, because you had said you kind of made that decision. You took about a week to really start getting things going. What was the the breaking point in there? Was it the losing the dignity? Was it, was it more just like, I got to hurry up and get out of here, type A kind of thing? Or was there a switch? Because I think I'm, what I'm getting at is trying to help folks with just where, what they could be looking at in life and going, well, it's time. Yeah. So that's a great question. It's a mixture of a lot of different things. So my overall belief is that the body whispers to you before it really screams. Uh So there are a lot of signs I blew past because of my type A go, go, go before my accident. When I believe the universe, mother earth, God, whomever you want to pick was telling me to, Hey, slow it down. Pretty boy. Right. Take it easy. (laughs) And I was like, no, I got stuff to do. Like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I'm doing this, that and everything. So coming into like the big aha, part of it was like a, it was like a stew. It was like, part of it was overwhelm. Like I want to be rid of the overwhelm. Part of it was just like, I just want to get home. I I don't feel dignified. I just want to become normal again. So there was a little bit of that emotion of irritation and frustration. Mm -hmm. There was also a opening that I saw through the whole thing when I, got some advice from a mentor who told me, Hey, everything is neutral until you label it. You get to choose your label. So he was like, Hey, you have every reason to look at yourself as a victim. No one's going to blame you. Something horrific happened to you, but maybe this happened for you, not to you. And there's a new label. So that bit of advice took me a while to process. But once I did, 
then I also felt maybe some abundance that maybe this could have been happening for me. So it was all like all these different little feelings or big feelings all sort of in the same pot. And I think that led to, all right, how do I want to live? And it wasn't a microwave moment. This has been Mm -hmm. a slow cooker type of thing. It's, and it hasn't been linear either. That's how most change happens. So it was a little bit of everything driving me into, all right, you got to show up differently for, for life. The way you were doing it before wasn't working well enough. You were carrying way too much stress. You were chasing your happiness. Um, you weren't fully <laughs> living life. So let's change the game. And that was that was the exhilarating <laughs> and also quite frightening aspect of all of it because I was venturing into uncharted waters. Well, we're glad you did because I, so guys, we got to talk about his app. It's, it's the pause, breathe, reflect app. We're going to dive into that here in, in a couple of seconds. And, and I had a chance to kind of take a, a big old look at it today. And I, I enjoy it for a couple of reasons, but you know, one of the things that I want folks to really understand from the podcast is that of course you don't have to have a, a, a severe accident to make change. For a lot of people listening to this, because of course the podcast is called The Health Fix, and it's, you know, one of those things that we might be having certain issues going on with our health that are the body screaming at you, like, yo, (laughs) it's time, it's time. Have you had some folks who've jumped on the app, you know, give you some feedback or any of your, I mean, I'm I'm guessing because you've been an executive coach for a while too, meditation teacher, I'm guessing you've heard some stories from folks about how they, they just got to this point where like, I need something different. And they found you and then you guys work together and now they're thriving. So I'd love to hear a story. I think folks would love like a, a testimonialist ish story. (laughs) I think for a lot of them, they, they know they want to make a change, right? They feel it in their mind, their heart, their body, going back to body whispers, body screaming. Mm For the executive coaching clients that I have, a lot of them hire me because I used to be an executive in corporate life. And they're like, oh, you used to do what I I do right now. And you seem to have done it with a bit of grace. So I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. And then obviously people coming into the app may not know me as an executive coach. They just want to find a way to stress less to help Mm -hmm. improve their health. So for I think for all of them, they're all coming from different corners of the world. It's this notion of like, I I need to slow it down and change the conversation I'm having with myself. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Like if you're going to be a reductionist, I believe (laughs) a lot of it comes down to what's that conversation you're having with yourself. So there are a lot of folks that have, you know, climbed the corporate ladder to the highest places in their company. But some of the best ones are, there's one person, Deanna, who became a driver for the first time at like, you know, in her late thirties, you know, Um, because she was always, well, I think frightful of driving Mm -hmm. and through the pause, breathe, reflect app and through the live meditations we do, she realized, she realized that we can do hard things and we can do hard things together. And so Mm -hmm. she was, she brought us along like the whole community Mm -hmm. as she went through her tests. And I think that's really cool. And 
from a corporate perspective, you know, companies hire me to coach their leaders, but the best success stories I've heard are people who say, I'm better at home, right? My, my partner, my wife, my husband says, I'm just more present, I'm calmer, I'm less reactive, I'm making more meaningful connection with my kids. Those stories to me are the ones that matter most because for all of us, we hang up our corporate cleats <laughs> at whatever age. And we might still have, if we're living a healthy life, 35, 40 more years in front of us with medical technology. And we're going to have those people, family and friends near us. Those are mm -hmm. the people that matter most. The corporate people, if you're lucky, five <laughs> of them stay friends, maybe 10 if you're really a nice man or woman. But for the most part, it's the family that takes care of you. And for them to receive that type of feedback or their family to notice in the way that they have, that's meaningful. That That's, for me, I feel like we're making a big difference when that type of change happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I look at it and go, okay, it's, it's an app and, and, and just looking at the app, I'm going, this could change. You could get a whole family around the app working on this together. I've been having families breathing together as part of their wind down routines. And I absolutely love it because it's, it's just so much fun. So listen, guys, do you hear that? I just opened the app and you get the birds that are coming in. It's so it's, it's peaceful just coming in here. So what, tell us about the app. Like how did the app evolve for you? Where did the idea come from? And, and let's dive into the app a little bit more. Yeah. So this is a really good origin story because going back to the recovery from my accident. So it's early two thousands. I have this meditation practice, this mindfulness practice, and I'm going back to my corporate life. So I'm going back to my old job but with a different script, a different narrative. But I'm not telling a soul that I'm doing this stuff because I'm the head of sales and marketing, you know, go go out and hunt for food kind of guy, you know, drive, clothes, all that stuff. And I didn't want to bring up this mindfulness thing where back then people thought it was soft or woo-woo or I was going to lose my edge. So I kept it quiet. But I was just, you know, working my secret sauce and found my way up to the executive suite. And then I left at the end of 2014, 2015, we had a global reorg. I was still with the company, but I was getting a new boss. I didn't want to work for the new boss. So I started my own coaching firm, something I knew I was going to do when I was in the ICU recovering in those first few days from my accident. Wow. And then I started writing about life and leadership and all that jazz. And I started mentioning these pause, breathe, reflect breaks in my blog post. And I called those moments in the hospital, my PBR moment. So <laughs> you being from Milwaukee will know the reference, right? So <laughs> I thought, because what I was doing was pausing, connecting with my breath, and then a moment of reflection. How did I want to show up for my rehab moment of reflection? What am I grateful for? And I thought it was really clever call them like PBR breaks and everyone was like, ha ha, that's funny. You know, <laughs> it's the beer. And I'm like, well, it's not really the beer, but if you want to play along that way, cool beans. <laughs> so I started writing about pause, breathe, reflect moments. Fast forward to 
right before the pandemic, my clients would call me up and be, I would be like, Hey, how, how are you doing? You're like, I needed many PBRs today, Michael. And so, so I knew that was shorthand that I was stressful and they were slowing down and connecting with their breath. Then the, then the pandemic hit and it really was, in my opinion, a open door to practice mindfulness for the whole dang planet. Mm-hmm. And I started doing, I would started being more and more open about my practice. Nice. And and then teaching, so I went through all my teaching and study of mindfulness, but I really wasn't leading practices in public. And then the social app Clubhouse came up and mm. I was like, okay, I'll join it. Like a lot of entrepreneurs. And I started leading short practices there. And then within months, we had about 10,000 people in our community. Wow. And I was like, wow, okay, there's something here. Then I was like, why am I doing this on Clubhouse's platform? We can just build our own app. So fast forward to 2022, I'm riding my bike across the country to celebrate life and the anniversary of my accident. And we were coming up with the concept of the app and what I wanted the app to be. I wanted you to feel calm and downregulate. As soon as you stepped into the app, I wanted, wanted to have a lot of nature sound because we're, we're nature in my opinion. And I wanted it to be something different than say some of the other apps out there with an over indexing of shorter meditation. So I really built it for busy people mm-hmm. saying that they don't have time to meditate. So I'm like, I bet you have a minute. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to wake up 10 minutes earlier in the morning because you're probably already waking up early enough and your morning routine is probably already chock full of stuff. So instead of saying, give me 10 minutes in the morning, I invite people to to give themselves one minute at a time, 10 times throughout the day. So if you don't have 10 minutes in the morning, but you have 10 times throughout the day where you have a minute to slow it down and connect with your breath. That's why we have a lot of shorter practices on the app. And we also do something where we do a live practice each day during the week. Oh, yes. Through Zoom. Because I think we're thirsty for belonging. We came out of this pandemic. We've all been isolated. Now, Zoom is not in real life, but it's a form of connecting. And it's a it's a way to practice meditation together. And energetically, things change when we sync up our breath. And so I wanted our, our app to be about community, not just you're hanging out by yourself alone in your apartment on the pause, breathe, reflect app. I wanted to at least give you an opportunity to come in community into a community and meet others who also want to live more, more mindfully and with greater health. That's awesome. And especially the, the identification that people are looking for a community. I, I find that with my patients quite often that Folks will reach out to me and be like, do you know where there's a group where there's other health-minded people? Because one gal in particular just literally last, no, it was earlier this week. She was like, I just want to do something where it doesn't involve going out to eat or going out and drinking. Like, is there something healthy? And so you know who's getting this referral to your app. All right. I love <laughs> it. And we, yeah, we meet about a half an hour for each session. So people come in, we gather, we do a short practice 
seven minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer. And then the balance of the time, I might do a little talk, a little Dharma talk, or we just create some space for people to share what's on their mind or in their heart mm-hmm. and make a connection. And then we usually wrap up within a half an hour. So it's it's a great way to pop in. You don't have to have your camera on. You can keep your camera off, but you can just be, um, be yeah. still, connect with your breath and know that you're connecting with other people at the same time across many time zones. And there's something really cool about that, that it helps us feel like we're not alone because I don't think we're alone. We're all connected. But I think we need we need to find ways to build connection again mm-hmm. because the last three years were so isolating. And that's what I wanted our community to be about. It's a beautiful app. You're going to feel calm when you go into it. You're going to feel that nature vibe. You're going to have some beautiful meditations that are about everyday things in life, like putting on socks and washing the dishes and riding the elevator and all that jazz. But (laughs) you also have a chance to build community with like-hearted humans. I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did find it very relatable when I looked at your 31-day challenge that you had in there because I'm like, oh, look, breaking bread, look, you know, eating this, you know, because you come from a corporate background, I think a lot of people can can resonate because you get what crazy business, you know, day in the business or in the in the workplace is like, I've never been in a corporate situation, you know, so I, I can't relate. But I know that a lot of people will tell me like you had said a minute, 10 times, but also you interjected little things in that 30 way, one day challenge where I was like, Oh, I wouldn't have thought about anything like that. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So for mental health awareness month, we did a mental, we do these ripple challenges. So I, I grew up in upstate New York, but my Grammy in the mountains mm-hmm. uh, grew up, she was in New Hampshire. And so she had this beautiful farmhouse and this pond in back. And when I was younger, I would go there and find stones to skip, like, you know, skipping stones and make ripples on the pond. And I didn't know at the time that was all energy and the analogy to life and all that jazz. I was just having fun making a Guinness Book of World Record attempt in my mind. I thought it's a story, right? And so this whole concept of like rippling something good out into the world, people will hear me say after the end of every meditation, uh, you know, ripple something worth rippling. And so put some goodness into the world. So we do these ripple challenges. And so May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we take small steps each day that can lead to better mental and physical well-being. So today, as we record this, it's about practicing forgiveness. And it's really not about forgiving someone today. It's just opening the door just one degree so you can release a little bit of the blame, a little bit of the juju that we carry around with us when we hold the the resentment or the hatred or whatever. So we're taking small steps. On day one, it was simply start the day with a glass of water, right? So small little things that we can all do. And then with the, the smart, small challenge, we have an affirmation so we can have a nice conversation with ourselves. And we also have a daily meditation. Nice. And and so it, it puts it together a nice package and we do it right on the app. So just like small little steps. And, and yeah, I believe that 
everyday life gives us so many moments to practice mindfulness. So I do not believe that you have to have this pristine meditation mm-hmm. studio or you have to go to some exclusive medita- uh, meditation retreat place. Those are great and I've been to those, but I believe you can drop into a mindful moment in midtown Manhattan or at work. Like we got to find micro ways to like weave mindfulness throughout our our lives so people will find a lot of different meditations on the app that just sort of speak to real life including for any princess bride fans out there i have a whole meditation on the phrase have fun storm in the castle (laughs) so and so you get a little bit of my sense of humor with the app but for those that know that movie that scene is about two minutes long and it speaks to doing something impossible, coming together, conquering self-doubt and imposter syndrome and pursuing the one thing that's worth pursuing, which is true love, right? So you have you have a lot of different meditations like that on the app. And then you have traditional ones like unguided, body scans, loving kindness, you know, all all that help us really develop a practice that can speak to us and make the practice your practice, which is the most important thing if you're going to make it a healthy habit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you've interjected your personality in there. I think a lot of people can relate. I I myself as well. Um, And, you know, it's also kind of one of those things where when I look at other meditation style of apps, you know, everything's kind of generic. Yours all have fun names. There's different, you know, things in there that we all can, like you said, personable, you can all relate to. Yeah, I try to do that. You know, people are not going to find a lot of Buddhist underpinnings. You know, there are apps that do that. Really cool. I try to make it pretty mainstream. And, you know, if you're, if someone's looking for, well, I want a longer practice. I want an app that gives me a 45 minute practice. I want it to be highly spiritual with a lot of Dharma talk and a lot of the Buddhist teachings. I think that's awesome. But pause, breathe, reflect is not going to be your app. (laughs) If you are a busy professional or you think you can't do this because your mind is all noisy and whatnot, and you're looking for community and you believe in shorter meditations, you want to have some fun with your practice, then yeah, PBR could be just the app for you and the right type of community. So my feeling is that there are 8 billion people on this planet and we haven't saturated everyone into a mindfulness practice. So there's gotta be a lot of different ways to do this and a lot of different voices. My hope is that one day we'll have 8 billion people all slowing down for a minute each day to pause, breathe and reflect and be more intentional. And when that happens, I think we'll have a more peaceful world. It'll be kinder and more loving and healthier. (laughs) And even if we just do a minute a day, that's a lot more than we are currently doing. So we start small and then we build from there. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. I I hope for this as well. I really do, because that that would be so ideal. I think we would have a more loving society, a more caring society, more, you know, I guess 
cohesive. That's probably a good word. Everyone yeah. kind of getting along situation. Yeah, I'm I'm all in for it. So one of the things I was thinking about when we when we first hit record was athletes. I myself, yes. former one, my husband, the type A, the push, push, push folks, the go, go, go folks. Combine that type A plus athlete. And now you have someone that's real hard to wrestle in to using an app. And even, you know, we'll we'll track the daylights out of our workouts. What have you done with your workouts and interjected the app? Have you worked with some moments to breathe during your workouts? Have you played a little bit with that side of things? Tell us what tell us what you've been doing on that side with the fitness side of things. Yeah. So for a lot of the type A personalities that love to work, I don't call it mindfulness. I just call it breath work. So there are a bunch of breathwork patterns on the app. And that's how Pods Breathe Reflex started with a box breathing pattern. So, so we don't even have to call it mindfulness if we don't want to, <laughs> like, because we want to like do everything around work and making it happen and all that jazz. And <laughs> I've put some meditations on the app around pre and post workout, some for runners, a few for cyclists, even the pickleball player, which is a growing in popularity sport here in the US. So, and I'm also doing some visualizations that will be on the app soon for someone running a 5K or a marathon or that cyclist wanting to do a grand fondo or a bike race or what have you. Nice. So my my feeling is that in sport, when we can connect with our body, connect with our breath, and really bring all of our senses into our sport that we perform at a higher level. If you ask every major league athlete, regardless of the league that they're in, when they're really going well, they're in a state of flow. Mm -hmm. And when they're in a state of flow, what they usually report back to ESPN is that the game is slowing down for them. Mm -hmm. That 97 mile per hour fastball feels like it's coming in like a beach ball at about 50 miles an hour. So by practicing breath work or mindfulness, we can access flow, I think a little bit more easily. We can slow the game down and now we can perform at a higher level. So for me, like when I rode my bike across the country, I was practicing a lot of this, right? Cause there, there are days where I just wanted to get to my finish line. And that was an indicator that I, I had to come back to this pedal stroke in this moment. And sometimes it was self-talk to get through some of the tough hills or the rainy moments. Uh, hmm. Sometimes it was just trying to listen to my body, right? But <laughs> I, I was really sort of in the, I tried to be in each pedal stroke, be in the moment knowing that if I put a whole bunch of them together, that gets me to the end of today's stage. But the whole concept of slowing down opens up this portal where we can find flow in our sport. We, we can't chase flow. We can't like, oh, I got to recreate flow. Like it, flow doesn't work that way. It comes to you, but it only comes to you when you have a state of relaxation so this, this sweet spot between being alert and being relaxed, you know, there's like that middle ground mm -hmm. there. To me, that's the state of flow. And by practicing breath work and mindfulness, I think 
it visit it will visit us more frequently. I like that description because chasing flow is something that I find a lot of people are doing. I myself included for years was like, I just got to get to my sweet spot. I just got to get to my sweet spot. And the harder that I tried, the further away I would get from there. I'm sure you've seen that too. Oh, all the time. And I, Hey, I've done it too. It's like, you know, I have, I have my practice and not every day, even as a meditation teacher, it's not easy. I'm like, ah, you know, where are the endorphins? Where are my endorphins? I'm working out. My endorphins should be here. Where's my high? I want my high. Like, where's my flow? What's going on? This ride sucks. Oh my gosh. And it's like, okay, Michael, um, chill out, brother. Right. So, so I have I have my moments too. So I think I think meditation teachers sometimes can, or some health practitioners. We can all take ourselves a little bit too seriously. We all have moments. We're all perfectly imperfect. And I have mine as well. So yeah, but I, last night on the ride, I was like, all right, where's my rhythm? Where's my flow? Like, why is this so hard? And then I just said, you know what? Just like keep pedaling, but try to enjoy the ride. Just have fun. Like you're riding your bike. It's a nice night. Um, you're not going pro, right? So just take a chill, right? And so, and that was healthy. And I just found a way to connect with my body and my breath a little bit more. And the rest of the ride was was really enjoyable. It was a really great ride. And um, But the first part of it, not so much. I was chasing my flow and, and flow did not want to be chased last night. <laughs> She was not in the mood. Oh, not that's in the mood. No, she kept on riding away from me. The faster I went, oh, she went faster. I could never close the gap. Oh, my goodness. That's funny you mention all that, especially when you're like, where are my endorphin hits? Because I think that's one of the things I'll often hear from a lot of women, you know, that run. They're like, that's why I do it. I run because I, I have to run to get my chill. And if I, you know, I'm six miles in, that's when it hits. And if it doesn't hit, I just keep running and I get mad. And I'm like, hmm, how can we turn this around? And you just explained it perfectly. Yeah, yeah ease your grip, right? So, you know, from a cycling perspective, gripping your handlebars and having white knuckles is a very stressful way to ride. You need to hold on to the bars, but just ease your grip a bit and then allow the ride to come to you or allow the run to come to you. Yeah. But I, Hey, I've been there. Like you, you want things to click. You want, you want that runner's high or the athlete's high. And when it doesn't come yeah, now, now we're pissed off and we come back home in a worse mood than when we started. And that's uh, probably not the best thing. And then we tend to eat to numb our dissatisfaction with our run and now we're we're even further behind than when we began oh man that's true it's true the food thing after the disappointment the stuff in a down kind of situation is so common it's and so I'm common yeah it's like you're you're irritated and you're like ah screw it i'm just gonna have whatever or, or you know we we do tend to overeat our workouts Mm -hmm. a lot especially you know hey some people do exercise they get their run on or their bike ride on as a way to manage weight to have a healthy weight or maybe even to lose weight 
but I generally believe that we overeat our workouts. We, we, we think we have this great liberty to like just pound down the food and sometimes not the best food. Cause we're like, Oh, we just, you know, we just worked out like our bodies can take it. And I think as we get a little bit older, we have to become a little bit wiser about how we nourish ourselves after a workout to make sure that workout really takes hold and we can use it to build into better workouts and better health as we go forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys heard it here. It's time to go to pause, breathe, reflect when you're done with your workout. And before you even have the free one too, like you mentioned. So I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Michael, we have so many good things that that folks can take away from this podcast. I'm excited for folks to listen to it. Now, the app, where do they find it? How do they learn more from you? Give us the scoop so folks can get all the details from you. All right, here's the scoop. So the app, you can find at the App Store and Google Play. All you have to do is type pause, breathe, reflect, and it'll pop right up and download it and stress less right away. And you can do that pre-workout and post-workout one two-minute practice to set your intentions and have a moment of gratitude before before you cool down and then for more information just about me you can go to pausebreathereflect.com you can read about a little bit more of the story that led to all this that near-death cycling accident I have had that I called my last bad day and then there you can find Instagram for (laughs) wonderful photos that can help you chill out and mm-hmm. uh, share a little bit of my cycling journey and all that stuff. Like that. Love it. Love it. I will be following you on Instagram. We've got the app right here. You guys heard it. I'm going to put it back on again. So you guys can hear the birdies because there's something about it. Can you hear that? Such a nice bird sound. I just would listen to that. I wouldn't even, you know, I got that. And I'm like, <laughs> my, my feeling, my feeling is, if you just pop into the app, like when you pop into the app each time, as you know, it invites you to take an inhale and a nice slow exhale. So that takes about 10 seconds. And then you pop into the app and listen to nature, watch a little bit of the video. You might not even have to do the meditation. You can downregulate just then. It's like 30 seconds or so. And then you can get on with your next moment. So I, again, I just believe like, take micro moments throughout the day to slow down and chill out and stress less. It'll help you show up for those moments that really matter in the way that you wish to show up. Absolutely. Well said, well said. Thank you for sharing all of these moments with, with folks. And and we definitely hope to get that ripple effect going and shoot for that 8 billion of folks, just nice, chill and loving on each other. That's my MO. I love it. I love it. We'll make it happen. All righty. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Thanks for having me. Hey, Health Junkies. Are you feeling just off? Feeling like you're aging a little bit faster than you want to and wondering what in the world is up? Hey, I might have some answers for you and some direction. If you want to chat with me, I am offering complimentary calls right now. You can head over to Dr. Spelled Out, J-K-R-A-U-S-E-N-D.com. Take my quiz, click on the schedule a chat, and let's talk and see if we can get you in the right direction. And if I'm able to help you, I'm going to let you know. Otherwise, I'm going to help you find what you're looking for. Head over to drjkrausnd.com and check it out now. 
Hey, fellow health junkie, thanks for listening to the Health Fix Podcast. If you enjoy tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.